a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I don't know that I necessarily want the people to remember my sermon for uh, a week as much as I want them to uh, receive that Word of God right there. If this is a, uh, a download of information, it's important that you retain that information. Yeah. But if this is being addressed by a, a burning bush, I know that a burning bush talked to me. <laughs> and I said to the guy, uh, look, at when the Bible talks about vision, it's, it's talking about the death of Jesus. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's talking about the gospel. It's talking about confessing the creed. And his answer to me was, yeah, uh, I'm not using vision in the biblical sense, but rather in the business sense. <laughs> okay, then. All right. I, by the way, had no knowledge of that encounter when I posed the hypothetical. <laughs> Welcome to this edition of Table Talk Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Evan Gigline, here with the pastor of uh, Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. And between the two of us, who do you think thought of playing this game, preaching to Hollywood with the, with the song, Stay High? <laughs> hey, you forgot to say they can follow me on Pinterest at B Wolfmuller. Is that true? I don't know if you can actually follow you have people. Followers on Pinterest? I'm just looking at my profile. It's really quite sad. Zero boards, zero pins, zero likes, zero followers, zero following. This is this is not good here. I, this is social media fail. Is what this is. So you. I only I think I got on Pinterest because I was going to try to talk you into getting in Pinterest because it's not really a, a it's not Facebook anyways or Twitter the Twitter. No, it's just stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, take it easy, man. There's there's bajillions of people on Pinterest. We're going to get all sorts of hate pins now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought you were going to that would be just your only social media presence was going to be on Pinterest and you were going to take down the whole church growth movement by just putting stuff on Pinterest. That was the pl- that was the plan. That was a glorious plan. People would, you know, like today people are like, "Oh, Pinterest, that shows me how to braid my hair and how to get a tattoo on my six-pack." But tomorrow <laughs> people are going to say, "Hey, Pinterest, that's where we go to learn how to be orthodox Lutherans." Right. Yeah, it's the new craze, I'm sure. But 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 look, you as always are complete failure in this area. Wow. Ease up complete a little bit. Complete huh? failure. <laughs> so if you if oh, dear my, listener, if you life... want to follow someone on Pinterest, it's gonna have to be me. My life isn't complete until I am I have a social media presence. Lord have mercy. Let's get on with the real show. <laughs> Um, what are you talking we're gonna do about? some pitching to Hollywood. Is, Pinterest and is real life. We're doing some Ten Commandments in the news. Wolfmuller is already taken as a username. Never mind, dear listener. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> who's got, got B Wolfmuller at Pinterest? Do I have two Pinterest? Like, accounts? hey Evan, what's your Pinterest account? Oh, it's B Wolfmuller one. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, I got two. How do I have two Pinterest? See, you, you, sir, are so addicted to uh, social media. You have all these social media accounts that you don't even know about. It's like uh, it's like when you get a new book from uh, some theologian, like Gerhard Gerhard Forty or something. You come home, you're like, oh dang, I already got this book. You start. I I, I, I also have a pin, by the way. I, I apparently I pinned something. It's about the temperatures that you need when you cook something sous vide. Right. Huh. 
That's where you cook the. That's where you cook the food without you just put it in not boiling water. Master Chef Wolf Mueller over here. I've never actually done this before, but I now know <laughs> that for tender beef lamb, you are supposed to cook it at 130 degrees Fahrenheit for between one hour and four hours. Are you sure that's not your mother's Pinterest account? No, I remember this. My buddy Bill was telling me about the sous vide, how to however you say this food. So I, you know, now, doing a little Pinterest action. I just realized how the uh, the Gigline McCauley wedding is going to be kind of a... A Wolf Mueller affair. We've got uh, we've got your mom being the caterer, you're being the DJ. I think your dad's the bouncer. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see here. I got a buzzword for you, and that is reconciliation. Ah, nice. Now, I, the verse for that. I want to look at this verse in Corinthians, where Paul says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. And that's probably 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'll be pulling it up right now. Uh, and he talks about the, the Lord has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. Aha. Uh-huh. 2 Corinthians 5. Did I say that? Verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Oh, that's great. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as through God were, uh, pl- as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Oh, fantastic stuff. I would just uh, heard someone else talking about, because I don't have any original ideas myself, but uh, I heard someone else talking about this passage um, in Matthew that says, um, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am also. And uh, that comes uh, right in there with Matthew 18, I believe, um, which is the passage about reconciliation. So this promise of the Lord being there where two or three are gathered is gathered for the sake of reconciliation. That In the forgiveness of sins, people are gathered together, and there Jesus is uh, also. Nicely um, said. Now, And that's important because... Um, there, the, we always want a reconciliation apart from the forgiveness of sins. Just in other words, just getting yeah. along. Yeah. Right? But it is precisely in the non-imputation of our sins that we are reconciled to God. And the opposite of reconciliation would be something like enmity. So the Lord says, "Hey, I'm going to put enmity between you and the serpent." He says that to Adam, uh, Eve. Well, both, I suppose. And so, uh, uh, so that there's there's not enmity between us and God. That's reconciliation. So uh, now the thing that will become interesting, I think, in our conversation today is that the world seeks a kind of false reconciliation, which is not through the forgiveness of sins, but through the embracing of sins. Uh, And so stay tuned for that. Okay. My theological buzz uh, word for you is underwritten in part by the language Latin. (laughs) It's just wow. tentatio, which is the uh, means um, a spiritual affliction. Now, if you remember, uh, Luther had these teachings on what makes a theologian, and that is oratio, um, which is prayer. There's meditatio, which is meditation, and uh, tentatio, which is temptation or spiritual affliction. So that we would be uh, ones of prayer, that we would be ones of meditation, and that isn't uh, sitting with your legs crossed, going, um, but uh, that is meditating on the Word of God, 
and then that the devil's going to come along and and uh, tempt you. But that that very temptation, that spiritual affliction, is what makes a theologian, because there he is uh, driven back to prayer and uh, to to meditation. Uh, something different than what was presented um, in Luther's day, uh, that this meditation was for the purpose of of uh, transcending the scriptures. So that you'd be in this meditation, trying to 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 get to a meaning beyond a mystical experience beyond the text, and Luther says, "No, no, no. This is going to be like as a as a cow chews the cud uh, that we would meditate on the scriptures." So I got now. I, I don't. Do I have to do all three? Oratio, meditatio, tentatio. No, no. Tentatio, yours or, is just tentatio. Just, just tentatio. Yeah. Can I get bonus for the other? Sure. Why not? I'm gonna put. I'm gonna start a new Pinterest board, which is gonna be theological buzzwords. You could have like a uh, a timeline. Oh, this was the time I got 500 Table Talk Radio points. <laughs> it's like a scrapbook of Table Talk Radio points. Oh, oh yes, yeah. this is the time I got 2,000. <laughs> I, re- I remember that <laughs> yeah. like yesterday. This I always is, forget about the points. So that I've you, been I've been horrible on the points jokes. You'd have to uh, you'd have to definitely have like a two page entry, like a fold out centerfold of the time you actually got all three rounds of Bible B, which was like last week. Oh man, glorious! <laughs> the first time I got all the answers around on Bible B. <laughs> I got a uh, I got a email for you. Okay. This is titled Tom Cruise Lutheran from Andrew, who writes, "Is Tom Cruise a Lutheran pastor now?" Because that new Iron Preacher sure sounded a lot like Tom Cruise. I'd say it probably looks a lot like him, too. <laughs> the world is a scary place. Take along a Lutheran, my friend. Your surprisingly attentive listener in Tennessee, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. What does that even mean, by the way? Is that talking about the flammy? I, I don't know. I think he's talking about the flammy. Oh. The, the Tom Cruise. Do you have, is Tom Cruise your uh, associate or assistant pastor? Associate. Yeah. Which is it? Associate. Uh, which which one is worse? Uh, well, one of them preserves you from the from purgatory. I mean, the um, district conventions. Uh, no, Flammy is going to be the representative of Hope Lutheran Church at the district convention. So he would be an associate pastor. Yeah, okay, and I, I, by the way, am the now the official peanut gallery for the district convention. I cannot believe it. I don't have anything to do. So you're being so advisory delegate? Just total, so, I mean, complete mockery. That's how we roll here, by the way. <laughs> Every time you go to the microphone, yes, uh, Pastor Brian Wolfmiller, advisory delegate extraordinaire. <laughs> go back to the peanut gallery. Go back. Go back. Here to advise you all. Here's another email. Uh, Random wiki page, it says. Do we have time for this? No, we don't. we got to go to a break. Oh, you want to do another This is break? a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. we're going to go to a break, and then we're going to come back and get another email. And then we'll be listening to a song called Stay High by Pastor Wolf. No, about um, <laughs> someone else. But in the context of the game, uh, preaching to Hollywood. And then we're going to play Ten Commandments of the News, everyone's favorite uh, game about analyzing the news in light of the Ten Commandments. And we have an email about that. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Most persevering listeners in radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. 
you want to be a contributor to the madness of Table Talk Radio, you can do so by logging onto our website, tabletalkradio.org. Hey, who's angry? And click the... I didn't say angry, I said mad. Uh, click on the donate little button. There's a yellow thing there. And you can either do a one-time donation, which is much appreciated, or you can donate monthly. Well, uh, It's been a while since I looked at this. There's the... Uh, let me pull this up here. Hey, you used to have a donate on every single page on our website. <laughs> I remember making fun of you, and now you can hardly find the donate thing. That's not true. It's still like on every other. Okay, so there, here's the here's the, the table. I've, this is radio. funny. I haven't looked at this for a while. This is the Table Talk Radio Reformation Glee Club. You have the the radio clown, which is at two dollars monthly. There's the two table, bucks a month. How could anybody <laughs> afford that? You subscribe and we automatically suck two dollars out of people's bank accounts it's every month. True, I mean that's we, like some sort of big be, like we, plot where people do that to, so they don't get caught because nobody will notice. We had to get you know this how right. people steal like half a penny or something. We had to get this right because uh, PayPal initially thought that when we set this up um, that we were going to be paying the listeners for listening, but uh, no, this is actually uh, this the right direction. Uh, there's the Table Talk Radio Pietist for five dollars monthly. The Iron Listener for $10 monthly, or the Theological Bull Rider for $20 a month. So what those... if I'm super rich like the people on the Sprint commercial, and I want to do like 27 bucks a month? You could uh, you could click on that one-time gift donate button and right. uh, do it that way. Oh, do you know what I might do? I might subscribe. I could, what I could do, I could be a Theological Bull Rider and a Pietist and a Radio Clown. That would all add up to $27. That's true. Uh, <laughs> or I could be an Iron listener twice. You know what I could do? I would sign up for the Iron Table Talk Radio Pietist five times and the Radio Clown once, and that would also equal $27. do not do that. Okay. There's a lot of creative if, if, options here. If you want to do something like that, just email me, evan <laughs> at tabletalkradio.org. Because it, or it, pin me on Pinterest. It, it takes a percentage out for each transaction, so that would be very... <laughs> Uh, That's what we should do. You could, you should sign up for. You'd make it twenty-eight bucks, and you could sign up fourteen <laughs> times to be a radio clown. We'd get like fourteen cents. <laughs> Here's the email from Jeremy, I, who I, writes I, to Pastors Gagline and Lumpy, and the other guy, Reverend Warfmeister, or whatever. <laughs> nice Warfmeister. That's like a. That's like a Star Trek character. I have a couple of congratulations to pass on. First, congrats to Evan for wrangling a missus. <laughs> That's really... Congratulations to you indeed. Uh, the overflow of personal ambiguity for the further propagation of mediocrity has led me to tears of, well, tears. <laughs> Second, speaking of mediocrity, a congratulations is in order for your ascension to the very zenith of mediocrity. Although I suppose such a statement lacks depth or usefulness in your community of commonality. Hmm. When Melanchthon titled The Commonplaces, I wonder if Table Dog Radio could have been his inspiration. Since said statement would summarily smunch any praise song with such ambiguous uh, uh, aphorisms wed together in such a dialectic discord. Anyway, to further the pursuit of mediocrity, I recommend checking out the random page feature at Orthodox Wiki.org. <laughs> Best witches. Uh, oh, wait, what? Jeremy. Best witches? Best witches. There's, there's witches? In the... Okay. You got the best witches? Okay, let's see here. Um, let's so try this I'll out. I'll give the background because uh, there, was a, there was a website. Well, there still is a website, Theopedia, which has, has a, uh, a nice little glossary of theological terms. It's put out by the Reformed. 
And uh, we we would get almost all of our our buzzwords at the beginning of the show off of this website by using the random article button. However, it seems, at least the last time I checked, there was no longer the random article feature. So we've been at a loss. I've just been pulling them from tabletalkradio.org, which is why I've been using the same ones every week. Um, <laughs> but now, lo and behold, there's a Orthodox wiki. Yeah, apparently. So, for example, Father Elias Wynn uh, was the <laughs> oldest clergyman of the Orthodox Church when he died on June 8, 2007, at age 110. Uh, next, holy water is the water that's been blessed by a bishop or priests for use and rites in the Orthodox Church, including baptism, blessing persons, places, and objects, or as a means of repelling evil. Now, since you brought that up, I, I want to point out that it is rather um, radical what Luther said in the small catechism about the baptism, uh, about the baptismal water. That is to say that the water is just plain water. There's... Hey, don't distract me with content. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Ignatius of Methina, our father among the saints, Ignatius of Methina, was the metropolitan of the metropolis of Methina, <laughs> also the metropolis of Methimnus. He was the founder of the monasteries of Pagni. How do you say any of these words? This is vigorating radio. This is Myridosta and Limonos dedicated to the archangel Michael and a wonder worker. Mythina is an ancient name for the city of Lesbos Island in Greece that is today called Molivos. Got it. That's just, fantastic. That's just great. Right, 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 right. Just, <laughs> All right. Let's right. get to the next segment here, um, the, the, at least what's on the agenda here. We play a game called Preaching to Hollywood, and this is a game where we uh, listen to a, a pop song in the culture today and try to get at what is being said in the song and maybe the perspective of the of the songwriter and then to talk about a way that we might be able to speak a word of, of gospel or maybe in in the right circumstances, the word of law and gospel, um, to the songwriter or, or someone who might be identifying with the perspective of the lyrics of the song. And um, Pastor Wolfmiller from the great state of Colorado has brought today's entry. Um, do you want to introduce this song? Uh, I heard the song on the radio the other day, and I thought, what a horrible song. <laughs> So I said, what better thing to do than make our listeners listen to it? <laughs> That's right. They'll be like, oh, what a nice break from all the talk. Now, this song called Stay High is about... Now, the children might not... I mean, it's, I heard it on the radio, so I guess this is okay for radio, but I mean, they, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want my... I don't want my kids so to listen to listener it. listener so. discretion advised on this one? Yeah, yeah. at least uh, for the next, I don't know, minute or so, uh, there's a minute couple 21. of... So, um, the, but this, uh, it's about a gal... Who wants to stay high because her boyfriend broke up with her, presumably. So that's the story. That's a plot line. Okay, here it is by uh, Tovlo. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. I eat my dinner in my bathtub. Then I go to sex clubs watching freaky people getting
Hey, there it is. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I, you know, I, this song came on on the radio right after the song "Blame." Remember that one? We listened to that already. Blame it on the night. Don't blame it on me. And I was meditating on that song about the role of the conscience in pop culture. Pop culture. And uh, and and then this song came on. I mean, it's a now it's amazing thing how, I mean, when you just that you could simply consume or perhaps critique pop culture from the perspective of the conscience, and it would tell you an incredible amount of things. So here in this song, the the this gal, this guy, this, apparently she had a boyfriend. He broke up with her. She bro- uh, something happened. I don't know. Maybe he died. Uh. Maybe he left for vacation. Who knows? And she's so distraught that to keep her mind off of the dude, she stays stays high. She goes out and uh, parties, does all sorts of debaucherous things, uh, gets drunk, sleeps, uh, falls asleep in the tub, wakes up, uh, binges on Twinkies, throws up, uh, goes out again. I mean, it's just it's the, it is a, a life of complete decadence. Uh, that is uh, full of consumption in order to stay numb to the pain. You see that? Yeah. And I think the reason we play this game is to, I mean, this is a perspective of, I think, a lot of people. I mean, this is really what people do to get away from the pains of life. And and this is uh, one of the points that we're making, I think, is that in this fallen and sinful world, Things are awful. <laughs> I mean, you, we don't know what happened to the boyfriend, but whether whether they broke up or whether he he died or whatever it be, um, this the pain that you feel in this life is a result of sin. In other words, but in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve wouldn't have ever broken up. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a result of the fall. Um, right. But uh, the the fact that that there's pain in this world shows that there's sin in this world and you're uh either we can confess our sin and to see the one who has done something about our sin namely suffered the 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 death that we deserve because of sin and taken it away from us or we could go to our own devices things like drugs and alcohol and partying and binging and everything else that's right that's right so that the the conscience will will be soothed one way or another it'll be soothed by the comfort of Christ or it will be numbed to its own pain uh, and that is the result of of intoxication we got to talk about that more yeah we will when we get back from this break during the break you can visit tabletalkradio.org and click on the donate button or you can subscribe to three or four levels of the Reformation Glee Club we'll be right back For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> that was a pretty good uh, bum song for the occasion, just by I coincidence. I didn't hear what, it, what was it. At least I'm not as sad as I used to be. You're That's gonna... a description of our list. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what did it say? Like a fool, I went ahead and stayed too long. <laughs> Listen too long. 
yeah. <laughs> I was gonna hey. read. I was gonna read the uh, the the stanzas to this hymn that we're analyzing. Okay, <laughs> let's have it. You're gone, and I gotta stay high all the time. To too high, too high all the time. Too high, too high all the time to keep you off my mind. To keep you off my mind. Yeah, I remember how that went. This isn't gonna be played at the wedding at all, is it? Yeah, I'm, that's why I heard it. I'm collecting we to, songs we, for the dance. We need to submit a blacklist of songs <laughs> for the wedding reception. What did I found the other day is um, <laughs> saxophone. Oh, I was listening to the thing and saxophone came on. I'm like, this is perfect wedding song, saxophone. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saved it. You now, norm- normally, normally, I think a couple would submit a list of songs to the DJ like two weeks before the wedding. We're gonna need to see a list of songs. From you, two weeks before the wedding. You can, you can check it out on my Pinterest weddings, wedding song yeah, board. <laughs> now, now this, this we were talking about how sobriety, how um, how a not how how a lack of sobriety is a numbing of the conscience, and that's what the song is about. So, if I need to keep this pain off my mind, then I stay high. That's the solution. Now, I want to I, I want to think a little bit more about this as well because there's something about uh, music and being a consumer of music, uh, a user of music, or what is known as a listener uh, that um, invites you into the, the participation of the state of the person's conscience. Now, so so not only is this song about this completely debaucherous life. Of breaking every commandment, I mean, it's it's a it's a complete disorder. I mean, it's a black kind of life. That what is the lady's name who sings the song? Uh, Tovlo, Tovlo. That she is talking about this this debauchery that numbs the conscience. But watch what happens as I listen to that song. And it's a strange thing about about songs that you you listen to songs over and over. It's a unique piece of art. Like you know, you don't. I mean, maybe some people read books over and over, but not in not in the same sort of way. Uh, or, or you you might watch a movie, but to, you don't wouldn't listen watch a movie every day. You know, so, songs are a different sort of thing. You're you're listening to them, you're downloading them, you're paying for them so that you can have access anytime you want, and you listen to them over and over. And as I listen to this song, now uh, uh, my own conscience as a listener is being hardened. Because I become a participant in this in this debauchery, so uh, if I was just by myself, you know, living there with my family, and I was th- I was binging on Twinkies and throwing up in the bathroom and and staying drunk all the time, I would feel pr- kind of bad about myself. I mean, I, oh man, I probably shouldn't shouldn't do that. But now, as I listen to the music, I find I I have fellowship with in 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 with with sin. Uh, this is what Jay Budashevsky calls false reconciliation. See, that's your buzzword. Uh, that that uh, that instead of being reconciled by the forgiveness of sins, you find a fellowship in the participation of sins. So that if I go out with other people and get drunk, now my conscience is not nearly as burdened as if I'm doing that against my friends and neighbors. Okay, so you are see? you are you saying that uh, if my life is a is a miserable hole, then instead of going out and getting high and drunk, I'll just go listen to the song, and then that way, I'm almost uh, 
connecting with the person who's actually at least singing about doing this, even though I don't well, have to go do it myself? N- yes, that's one possibility, so that you, you, you start to live this debauchery through the song. The other is that I go out and get high, or I go out and get drunk, and, and then now my own conscience is trying to be activated that, hey, you shouldn't be living that way. But when I find fellowship with someone else who does it, it's the way then to that is... the conscience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not just the staying high that quiets the conscience, but it's actually, it's actually finding fellowship with someone who is, um, who is doing this that quiets the conscience, that numbs the conscience, and that, that music is a particularly powerful tool to do that. So, so the, the other song we just mentioned, and we had talked about it before, this Blame song, which, I, you know, these two songs paired up on the radio the other day, and it was, it was a, a profound sort of moment to see the debauchery of the culture. But this is, so, so say that song was about um, a guy who cheated on his girlfriend, and now he feels guilty about it, laying in bed next to her, and but he says, but don't blame it on me. Blame it on the night. Right. Blame it on. Don't blame it on me. Don't blame it on me. Blame it on the night. Don't blame it on me. So so he's trying to quiet his conscience by saying, hey, uh, you know, it's I just got carried away with whatever sort of debauchery was happening at the night. Now, as I listen to that song, so say I am starting to have the same kind of calm qualms of conscience. So I, I'm burdened about some sort of thing that I've done. But now I'm listening to the song. I'm I'm partaking in the song, and and now my own conscience begins to be quieted because oh yeah, I'm just like this guy, who's blaming it on the night. You know, don't blame it on me. Don't, and and so I'm absorbing the excuse uh, in uh, of my own sin into the into my conscience. You see that? Yeah. yeah. I have another thought here, too, um, that I don't know that people go out and live in the way that you describe just to uh, mask the pain, although I do think that's probably a major explanation. But there's also almost this, it's kind of like a teenage rebellion against the parents. So I get mad at mom and dad because they tell me to stay in my room till till the room is clean, and I don't want to do that. So what do I do? I, I run away from home for a week. So it's a further rebellion against the authority. And so when things go bad, sometimes it's maybe not even the the pain that I'm trying to mask, but the God that I say I don't believe in, I'm going to go sin against all the more to prove that you have no authority over me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that you um, uh, you quiet the conscience by killing it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So so the way that uh, Jay Budajeski talks about it is that um, Budajeski <laughs> is Budajeski. that that the the sinner um, tries to rebel against the law all the more, so that you're driving down the road and you're speeding, and that's all you're doing is speeding. But when you see the red and blue lights behind you, you go faster to try to outrun the police. Now you wouldn't have ever done that unless you would, have, unless the police would have tried to call you for speeding. This is what Paul talks about, and I wouldn't even know what coveting is unless the law came along and said, do not covet. And then when the flesh hears, do not covet, well, then that's the only thing I want to do is covet, because that's what a sinner does, a sin. And so when I find out new ways to sin, I'm going to do that, that very thing. Yeah, this is, this is, and this is how addictions form, because so um, especially uh, kind of conscience-changing addictions. So, so say I get drunk, and now I wake up, and I'm sober, and, it, and I feel bad when I'm sober about being drunk. 
So, so there's two. So, um, so you, you would think that the rational response would be, well, don't get drunk again, and then you won't feel bad about it. But instead, we say, well, I didn't feel bad about being drunk when I was drunk. <laughs> so you go back to it, you see, and you circle back in because now in my state of drunkenness, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel burdened about my, uh, my, my drunkenness. So that, um, uh, it's it's something like my grandpa always used to say like if if we were hurt like we had a headache or we we're sick or something like that he would pinch us in the toe so then you don't feel it's like I bet it made your head stop hurting and it's kind of that we do the same thing with with our conscience you know you kind of you make the wound deeper so that the wound doesn't hurt yeah and that is dangerous right now um, I think that there's something else to be uh, said here with the because I want to get here in in a moment to the discussion of how we speak a word of law and gospel to this woman but um, I think what happens a lot of times is someone will be living a life in which we've described and inevitably inevitably they are going to hit rock bottom I mean this is just the, I mean, you just cannot support a lifestyle like this and so they hit rock bottom and then uh, sometimes uh, churches uh, though well-meaning wanting to help such a person think that the answer to the problem is in reforming the person's life. So I want you to stop drinking. I want you to stop doing drugs. And we think the person has uh, has undergone a spiritual transformation because they are no longer engaging in these in these activities. But uh pastor, what's the what's the real um what's the real solution in such a situation? Well, it's going to be, I mean, so addressing the behavior in something like this is going to be an important sort of thing, because especially when behavior affects the conscience. But the only comfort our conscience can have at last is when the voice of Jesus is echoing around the chamber of the conscience that says, uh, your sins are forgiven. You are accepted because of my death. You are clean because of my blood. That uh, that is the medicine that at last delivers a good conscience, a, a, a healthy conscience. I mean, we we want the conscience to work. We got a picture of the conscience of the dirty window. Have we talked about that? The Kleinig dirty window picture. I don't remember that. Kleinig, Doctor Kleinig taught me this: that the a conscience is like a window, and if the window is dirty, then everything looks dirty, both outside and inside. Uh, so that you're looking through the dirty window and everything out there looks filthy, everything in here looks filthy. Uh, but a clean conscience, it doesn't make everything look clean, but it lets you see a thing as it really is, so that dirty things look dirty and the clean things look clean. Interesting. I wanted to say, uh, let's have one more word about this on the other side of the break, and then we'll play Ten Commandments in the News. You're listening to the one, the only, Table Talk Radio. Listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wilkinson, before the break, you were talking about 
uh, the the usefulness of a clean conscience, um, not because everything will be clean, but at least you'll be able to see a thing for what it is. Now, uh, how then would we were talking a lot about the the conscience in light of someone who is trying to avoid the pains in their life by drugs and alcohol and sex or whatever else. Um, how do then do we bring this to the person, or um, maybe even in the context of uh, putting the person's despair in light of a holy and righteous God? That it's not just that we can make your life in the here and now better, but we have a problem before a God uh, that created us. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I want to hear your thoughts on I that. I don't know. Guy. What do you think? <laughs> I, 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 I mean. Maybe to talk about this conscience, um, to to maybe bring a person to realize, well, why must you uh, have something to mask? Why the alcohol? Why the drugs? What are you trying to mask by all of this? And if that could get to a conversation of, of the pain, well, my my boyfriend cheated on me. Um, to, to get to that conversation, then you can start talking about sin. Then you can talk about um, the sin that we're born into. We can talk about even being a victim of sin and what God has done about about that. What do you think? I think that's right, yeah. So we, so we, we, have, we have the guilt, which comes from the sin that we commit, and then we have the shame that comes from the sin committed against us. And Jesus has even forgiven that. I mean, that's the hard word of the gospel, that Jesus has forgiven the sins committed against us. But it's a import, very important word to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. All right, that's uh, Preaching to Hollywood. Now it's time for a little Ten Commandments in the News. And in this game, we listen to a news story, and then we try to uh, talk about what which of the Ten Commandments is involved in this story. Now, this doesn't have to be a breaking of the commandments, but uh, this was a, a game invented by Pastor Wolf Miller, I think, uh, for the purpose of making us think in the terms of the Ten Commandments, uh, that the Ten Commandments would be all around us all the time, and we just got to see it. Yeah. Okay, I got one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Moments that mattered. Golden moment. This is San Francisco, dated today. With two on and no outs in the eighth, Rockies two-time Rawlings Gold Glove third baseman <laughs> Nolan Arenado dashed into the Giants' bullpen and made an over-the-head snag of Gregor Blanco's foul fly while crashing into the tarpaulin roll and landing atop the wall. While perched, he nearly threw out Angel Pagan, or Pagan, who was tagging to take third. All in all, I'm just thankful I didn't get hurt, Arenado said. Whoo, man, was that a good one. I should have known you would have picked this story. Why? What's the, what's the problem? Um, because you were all psyched about it before the before it went on the air. Um, <laughs> what commandment does leisure fall into? Maybe. Hey, 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 this is too obvious. It is, uh, the seventh commandment is all about, well, so baseball's all about vocation. Uh, obviously. You're just trying to get home. That's all. Trying to get home. And But the problem is, you got to sometimes steal to get there, and that is where we're tempted <laughs> to break the Seventh Commandment. Uh, well, I was going to say Seventh Commandment for a different reason, and that is that the, the Seventh Commandment deals with our possessions and our work and our vocation. And um, now that I'm saying this out loud, it might be a bit of a stretch. Uh, <laughs> but our... our <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I'm not our, sure. Our leisure. <laughs> the, well, this is something that we don't think about much, that leisure is, in fact, a gift from God. The fact that he would give us uh, 
times of enjoyment um, as a break from our labors uh, is something that's good. Now, like any like any good gift from God, this can be abused. So uh, we can say that alcohol is the first article gift from God, that it's uh, fine to partake in the gift of alcohol, um, but that it's not to be abused. It's not to be um, consumed in a way that would... Uh, make you inebriated, as we discussed in the prior two segments. but And the same is true with, with uh, leisure, that we could identify leisure as a wonderful gift from God in the first article, and uh, people could use leisure as a way to now neglect their vocations and to not serve their neighbor. So um, does that is that Seventh Commandment? Uh, probably. Kind of? <laughs> I got another one for you. All right. Thank you. Washington, the pilot of a small gyrocopter... <laughs> Believed to be a postal worker from Florida, was in custody Wednesday after evading security and landing on the west lawn of the U.S. Capitol. The incident prompted a lockdown of nearby streets and raised fresh concerns about security at the White House, just because basically anybody can get into the place, apparently. <laughs> while while Capitol Police did not... Now, oh, oh, you know what? We used that picture of the guy sneaking into the White House as an example of prayer. Do you, do, don't we do that? I'll continue. That's new While Capitol Police did not immediately name the pilot or comment on his motive, Florida postal carrier Doug Hughes took responsibility for the stunt on a website where he said he was delivering letters to all 535 members of Congress in order to draw attention to campaign finance corruption. Oh, brother. <laughs> uh, as I have informed the authorities, I have no violent inclinations or intent. Hughes wrote on his website, the democracyclub.org. An ultralight aircraft poses no major physical threat. It may present a political threat to graft. I don't know what that means. I hope so. There's no need to worry. I'm just delivering the mail. <laughs> I like this line that comes next. Uh, uh, a House Homeland Security panel, uh, this guy, said the pilot landed on his own, but that he had made it much closer to the Capitol. Authorities were prepared to shoot him down. Had it gotten any closer to the speaker's balcony, they have long guns to take it down. <laughs> but it didn't. It landed in the... I mean, can you believe it? Like, call in the F-16s, you know. Yeah. This guy in a little they're gyrocopter. Scram- yeah, they're scrambling it's like uh, some sort of fighter jets. <laughs> sort of kind of pedal-operated <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, he's like on a kite, and they're calling in the... <laughs> That's great. Um, the open-air aircraft sported a U.S. Postal Service logo. <laughs> That's Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, he... Look at this guy! It's like a it's like a bicycle with with a helicopter blade on it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, so this is definitely going to be a matter of the fourth commandment: uh, honor father and mother. And uh, as we discussed, that the fourth commandment deals with not just our parents but all other authorities, so that we should fear and love God, so that we don't despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but hold them sacred. No, no, no. Um, and uh, da 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 da. Uh, do not anger our parents and their authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. I slipped, slipped into the third commandment on accident. Okay, um, so this is definitely a fourth commandment issue that even though you have the capability and the means to fly a bicycle helicopter, uh, doesn't mean that you are allowed to do so <laughs> on the Capitol lawn. Now, now here's the interesting twist with this story. I gotta remember that little piece of wisdom there. <laughs> That's right. Again, the kind of insights you don't get on the God Whispers. <laughs> Just because you do have a gyro, <laughs> a gyro helicopter, and you're a mailman, <laughs> and you're a whacked out liberal. Okay, but but see, so here's the thing about the fourth commandment. This is the interesting twist about it, is that 
he he's making a political statement by what he's doing, right? So he's yep. delivering these letters saying, uh, "What was the what was his cause? Campaign finance. See, it wasn't doing much good because I can't remember what the cause is. <laughs> yeah, campaign finance. What a what a travesty. This is one of the worst things in the country. So he decides to break a law. And he, undoubtedly, he knows he's breaking the law to do this, and he thought, okay, no harm." is being involved, but still breaking the law. So if you decide to make a political statement and and decide to do so by breaking the law, you have to be willing to accept whatever punishment is brought because of what you have done. And so if he is thrown in jail for whatever it is, a year because he did this stupid thing, then he has to be willing to to take the punishment. Right. That's right. Now I think imagine I imagine when the guy gets back to Florida when he pedals his little helicopter back down to Florida. <laughs> Did he fly from Florida? That's I'm a sure. long flight. He's got a, huge a, legs, a man. This miles. guy's quads. He's going to be <laughs> <laughs> the pedaling all the way to Florida. Um, now, he's probably going to get it promoted, I imagine. He's a postal worker. <laughs> <laughs> he just had to drop a doggy treat for for Obama's dog there. Oh, he's running man. after him. It's a, it's a, what is it? Because the Air Force One, but then the, the, uh, the what Marine is the helicopter one. Called, called? Yeah, Marine One. That's what, this is Marine Two. <laughs> <laughs> Postal One. <laughs> we got to get a table talk radio gyrocopter. I wonder how much a gyrocopter costs. I wonder if this one's going to be for sale. <laughs> It's impounded. No, it was what was I think kind of funny is that this guy, this idiot, is just you know landing this thing and delivering mail. They got like the bomb squad out and this big old thing and got checking it out. You know they got to do that, but uh, it's yeah, funny. Uh, look, I'm looking at it. It has a tank back on the back. It must be fuel operated. Oh yeah, yeah, it uh, is. It is. Uh, That's uh, uh, that makes it easier than the pedal job yeah. that, that you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> as a wedding present. Yeah, oh, great idea. <laughs> I need to tell you where I'm registered, the postal service. <laughs> hey, where are you uh, registered? Oh, the United States Postal Service. I want to get one of those bicycle helicopter things. <laughs> here's uh here's another one. You want to know? We have time for another one? 30 seconds. Nope, never mind. How about this? This is a good idea for you guys. Newlyweds create heart-shaped flight pattern over Malta. Love is in the air. Newly married pilot and his cabin crew wife were treated to a heart-shaped flight around Malta Tuesday, confusing aviation trackers on Twitter. <laughs> what? How many people track aviation on Twitter? <laughs> it's very I confusing. I gotta look into that. Wait, I normally track aviation on Pinterest. He's going north. No, or he's going less. south. Oh, where, where is it? It looks like a heart. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like trying to numb your conscience by binge listening to our show. <laughs> Thanks for Gotta listening to this edition high. of Table Talk Radio. Hi. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult <laughs> your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Strip. Side effects may include <laughs> nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, air loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain oh, tumors, man. sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smoke, okay, Google, claustrophobia, and how much does a gyrocopter cost? I don't know. How much? For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.